And thank you for tuning in to our sermon podcast from Connect Church. We'd like to invite you to join us in person at 1101 West Grand in Ponca City, Oklahoma, or on Facebook Live. Go to connectchurchpc.com to learn more about how we are helping people connect every day. We are a people, connected people, all in God's love. What, what we're talking about this morning? Iron Man. Iron Man. You know, there were so many great movies. You know, Iron Man, from Iron Man 1 to Iron Man 3 to all of the Avengers, there were so many movie clips I couldn't nail them down. And so if you're watching this morning from home or from here, and you're like, you missed my favorite clip, you can go home and you can watch the movie. But I just want to share with you, and I'm going to pull something in. Because I think it's important for us when we look at our life to always think about where we want to be. What do we want people to say about us? And of all of the Avengers, of all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe heroes, Iron Man grew the most. But I just want to take you, and I want to show you Iron Man's funeral, and then we're going to build from there.
Iron Man dies. If you're watching this, like, well, I don't get how it fits in. You've not been watching the Marvel Cinematic Universe. If you are trying to figure out how this all happened. And last week I talked about how when my family and I, we went and watched Infinity War. I walked out of the theater and I was crushed. I was disappointed. And Terry looks at me. She goes, Mark, it's, it's a movie. And I'm like, no, it's more than a movie. You can't end it like this. There's got to be a happy ending. I mean, who wrote this? Why did they allow this to happen? And then you see this huge growth dynamic in Iron Man. And we're going to walk in there. We're going to walk through that because I think all of us can relate to Iron Man. All of us have a beginning in which we really need to grow and we really need to stretch. We need to come out of our comfort zone. But then Iron Man in the epic battle with Thanos. Thanos says, I am inevitable. And then Tony Stark, Iron Man, jumps up there pulls all the infinity stones off of his, his, his hand, his glove, and when he snaps, nothing happens. And then Tony snaps. And all of the bad people start to disintegrate and fall away, ending with Thanos falling on a knee and being vaporized. And then Tony Stark dies. A hero. Someone who gave himself up for man, mankind. And I don't want to give too much away because next week we're going to talk about our true superhero who is Jesus. But Tony really became something. Another thing I love about Tony is he had all these great one-liners. And listen to, listen to some of these. Upon first meeting Thor, this is what he says. Doth mother know you weareth her drapes? Responding to Nick Fury's recruitment speech, pitch, I told you, I don't want to join your secret, super secret boy band. That's what I said, pitch. Okay, that one goes on my list of words not to say. When he's showing off his weapons, he said, it is, better to be, is it better to be feared or respected? I say it is too much to ask for both. After regaining consciousness, what just happened? Please tell me nobody kissed me. To the young Spider-Man, don't do anything I would do. And definitely don't do anything I wouldn't do. There's a little gray area in there, and that's where you operate. To Pepper... Don't say wind farm. I'm already feeling gassy. To his daughter, go to bed or I'm selling all your toys. He had all these great one-liners. There were so many more. When you watch through there, you, you truly love and appreciate Tony. And then you see that, the, that Tony, because he was a little bit of a bad boy, he had history, he had a background, he went and did whatever he wanted to do, he had a famous dad, and Howard Stark did all these great inventions. Howard Stark actually helped create Captain America, and Tony was just kind of, he was brilliant, but he was a spoiled brat. He went to MIT, graduated head of his class, had all these great things. 
But you know what he was known for? He was known that he drank and did whatever he wanted to do. He was a womanizer. He was an alcoholic. He did whatever he wanted to do. But he starts to change. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, it says, If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness or compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. And do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself to become obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He's, Paul's telling us right there that there's a journey to be had in our life where we move from selfish to selfless. Iron Man, Tony Stark, starts out as a rich capitalist playboy, so self-absorbed that it's difficult to imagine him being a hero. That's who he was. He flies on private jets. He sells weapons. He is his own man. This is what he said. He goes, if I wrote a book, it would be 10 Steps to Humility and how I did it in seven. And then he had this epic argument between Captain America, the picture-perfect man, and Tony Stark. Watch this back and forth between the two. Back off. Oh, I'm starting to want you to make me. Yeah. Big man in a suit of armor. Take that off. What are you? Genius billionaire playboy philanthropist. I know guys with none of that worth 10 of you. I've seen the footage. The only thing you really fight for is yourself. You're not the guy to make the sacrifice play, to lay down on a wire and let the other guy crawl over you. I think I would just cut the wire. Always a way out. You know, you may not be a threat, but you better stop pretending to be a hero. A hero? Like you? You're a laboratory experiment, Rogers. Everything special about you came out of a bottle. Did you see that, that, that angst that's going on there? Everything special of you came out of a bottle. But you wouldn't crawl over wire. You wouldn't do any of this. And he always has a way out. He always has an, an excuse. He's always looking for the easy way. And for many of us, that, that exemplifies our life. That's what it talks about. But Paul in, in, in the Bible says we should not look to our own self-interest, but look to Christ. We should look to be willing to become selfless instead of selfish. I mean, you, you look at Iron Man.
started off as a selfish individual and someone who grew into a hero. The second thing that we see is, above everything else, we are to guard our heart. When he says in in, in Philippians 2.5, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. When we become more and more like Jesus, we start to adopt his attitude. We start to take on his personality. In, in Proverbs 4.20-23, it says, My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let, let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life for those who find them and health to a man's whole body. Verse 23, Above all else, guard your heart for is the wellspring of life. Guard your heart, for is the wellspring of life. Iron Man gets attacked. Got me now? There we go. Tony Stark is attacked by his own weapons. And now he's in, a, he's in a cave in the middle of nowhere. Well, just watch the scene with us. shrapnel I could. There's a lot left and it's headed into your atrial septum. Here, want to see? Have a souvenir. Take a look. I've seen many wounds like that in my village. We call them the walking dead because it takes about a week for the barbs to reach the vital organs. What is this? That is an electromagnet hooked up to a car battery and it's keeping the shrapnel from entering your heart. He's saying, you've got to guard your heart. I'm going to go ahead and take this microphone off real quick. This electromagnetic meter is protecting your heart. You see, we've got to guard our heart because our heart is the center of our emotions. We, we talk to, to kids in children's church. And we say, hey, do you want Jesus to come live in your heart? We talk about this at Vacation Bible School. We talk about how important it is. And the heart is the center of our emotions. It's our, it's our driver. And so we're not asking God to come, Jesus to come live in our heart and wash blood pump from one side to the other side. But he's saying, will you become the center of everything we're doing? So we've got to protect our heart. Do you know that in, for the Jews, the center of their emotion was the bowels? And, and so that's where we get, the, we get that saying from. It's a gut reaction. I've got a gut instinct about it. It brings a whole new idea when a, when a young Jewish couple are on a date and, a hus- and, and the guy looks at the girl and says, wow, you move me. Come on, that was funny. Okay, we'll get back to the whiteboard. 
but we know that, that we've got to protect this, this heart of ours and that if we don't protect the heart, it, it can be easily destroyed. It can be cracked. It can be wounded. It can be torn apart. But how do we, what, what affects our heart? Well, first of all, sin. When we sin, it separates us from God. It breaks our heart. It allows us to give pieces of ourselves away. And every time we give a piece of our heart away, that's something less that we don't have for ourselves. And we just erase a part of our heart. And God is telling us, guard your heart. Above all else, guard your heart. Don't give it away. Don't trade it for something cheap. But guard your heart. In Matthew 19, Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Whatever it is that takes the place of God in our lives destroys us. What is it? What is the sin that so easily entangles you, that wraps its arms around your legs, that causes you to fall down, that causes you to die? What is it? You see, everything we talk about is sin. When Terry and I were in college, our, our pastor, Joe Kolaw, had a giant heart, and he started naming off things and just ripping off pieces of the heart and tossing it out to the crowd. We allow people to come in and take a piece of our heart, and we're like, well, it's okay. I'll, I'll give a little bit of this away, and I'll give a little bit of that away. We allow relationships that are not good for us, that are not healthy, to, to rip a piece of us away, and we can never get that back. And we're like, man, what am I going to do? How can I be made, made whole again? And we know that we are made whole through Jesus Christ. Despite having everything, we look at Tony Stark and he had everything. He was rich, he was smart, he had it all, but he was empty inside. Despite having it all, Tony eventually realizes that he's unhappy in life and work. At what point do we realize that we're unhappy without God? We look at our heart. And for some of us, we might say, no, my, my heart's not even noticeable anymore because I, I've torn so many pieces off. I've given so much of it away. I've destroyed so much of myself. And, and, it, and in a sense, God's calling us and saying, hey, there's healing here. There's hope here. There's understanding here. We have to keep going back and saying, God, I, I need you to make me whole. The third thing about Tony is... He has an epic battle with the sinful nature. Even after he becomes Iron Man, the hero, he still has to battle with sinful nature. Watch this scene with us here. Wow. Yeah, I'd say uh, most countries five, ten years away. Hammer Industries 20. I'd like to point out that that test pilot survived. I think we're done is the point that he's making. I, 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 don't, I don't think there's any reason. The point is, uh, you're welcome, I what? guess. Because I'm your nuclear deterrent. It's working. We're safe. America is secure. You want my property? You can't have it. But I did you a big favor. I have successfully privatized world peace. <laughs> what more do you want? For now. 
doing he's the hero there he comes in before congress and they're like hey we need some checks and balances here and he goes no you don't need any checks and balances all you need is me i am here you are welcome the bravado the arrogance and then he stands up and says i have proven myself that i will pleasure myself i rule the pleasure myself and i will pleasure myself i will do whatever i want to do you see we have a sinful nature inside of us that screams, do what you want to do. Paul talks about it in Romans chapter 7, chapter 7, verses 18 and 19. He says, I know that nothing good lives in me. This is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do, this is what I keep on doing. Do, do you feel that epic struggle, that battle? I, I want to do the right thing. I want to be good. I want to be holy. But man, the sin that it lives inside of me, that lives there, is pulling me, is dragging me, is chasing me down. Is there any hope? Our deprived nature can make us slaves to drugs, illicit sex, or any other sin. And we need God. We need God more than anything to say, you know what, I can forgive you. But so many times in the church we sold it short, and we've just been selling forgiveness, but God says, I want more than that for you. I don't just want you to be forgiven of your sin. I don't want you to be held slavery to that any longer. I mean, imagine in U.S. history, back when we fought the epic battle of the free slaves, if at the end of the war we said, hey, it's all good now, go back to your slave owners. We would have been like, that's crazy. That's not why we fought. Think about the hundreds of thousands of people who died, and now we're going to tell people to go back the way they were. And Jesus the same way. Jesus said, I, I died on the cross. I accept you just as you are, broken and frail, but I love you too much to leave you that way. In Proverbs 11.6, it says, The righteous and the upright delivers them, but the unfaithful are trapped by evil desires. What are the evil desires that trap you? That say, no, no, just keep coming back. Just keep coming back. And Pastor Ken and I had, had this conversation many times. Sometimes at school, it's easier to get in with the bad crowds because they just accept you. Sometimes as, as, as the good kids, you look at your table and someone walks over and like, oh, you're not really one of us, and I, I think that you're going to bring trouble with you. And, and so therefore, why don't you go sit at another table? And sometimes as parents, you look at these kids that want to become friends with the good kids, and you're like, oh, I'm not sure if I want my kid to be friends with you because what happens if they become like you instead of you becoming like them? I'm all about protecting our kids and teaching them to make the right decisions. 
And I'm all for them standing up and saying, you know what, I'm going to be holy and I'm going to be set apart and I'm not going to be like the rest of the world. Watch the way I live. Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform any la- anymore to the pattern of this world. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. He just comes right out and says it. We live in a world that's obsessed with living your truth, but we're called to live God's truth. And everyone says, whatever works for you, do it. But that's not what God's word says. Because honestly, if you've got something and I want it and I'm living my truth, I'm just going to go over and take it from you. And you're like, well, that's not right. And I'm like, well, I'm bigger and I'm stronger than you. I'm going to do it no matter what I want to do. But what happens when someone's bigger and stronger than me and wants something that I, I have? Then I immediately scream foul and I'm like, that's not fair. It's not about living your truth. It's about living God's truth. And we are called to live God's truth. Jesus said this, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. You must be willing to sacrifice. You must be willing to go on the cross for Jesus. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for God's sake will save it. You see, in this entire series, this 10-year this period, we watched the transformation of Tony Stark. From someone who's only interested in himself to being transformed and becoming the hero that could lay his life down for mankind. Listen to, in Iron Man 3, listen to what Tony Stark says about his uniform. So if I were to wrap this up, tie it with a bow, whatever, I guess I'd say my armor, it was never a distraction or a hobby. It was a cocoon. And now, I'm a changed man. You can take away my house all my tricks and toys. One thing you can't take away. I am Iron Man. You see what he's saying right there? The suit was a cocoon. What happens to a butterfly in a cocoon? They spin the cocoon as a caterpillar. They come out this beautiful, wonderful butterfly. There's a metamorphosis that takes place while they're in the cocoon. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, the second part of that says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know what the Greek word for transformed is? Metamorphosis. Iron Man said, I took on this suit to escape a prison. And now I become a hero. This suit 
wasn't about me being a hero. The suit was a cocoon for me. He starts out cocky and self-serving and self-reliant. And so many times we can have the same problems. We can be relying on ourselves. We can be relying on our own strength. We forget about God and others because we wrongly think that we are self-made people. And self-made people make the mistake of worshiping the God that they created. How many times do we like to say, well, I did this and I did this? There's a brokenness that takes place. And for Iron Man to become the hero, become the man that he had to, had to become, he had to get broken. And one of it was when he lost Spider-Man. Watch this clip with us. At the ending of, of Infinity War, Thanos snaps his fingers. Half of everyone in existence vanishes. Iron Man is right there in front of Peter Parker, Spider-Man, the kid, and watches him vanish. It, it, it broke him. It broke him in so many ways. And for five years, there's five years between Infinity War and Endgame, people are having to live their life now without people they love, without people they know, living basically a half existence. And then Steve Rogers and Ant-Man devise a plan. Watch this with us. Why didn't we think of this before? Oh, because it's laughable? Because it's a pipe dream? The stones are in the past. We could go back, we could get them. We can snap our own fingers, we can bring everybody back. Or screw it up worse than he already has, right? I don't believe we would. Gotta say it, I sometimes miss that giddy optimism. However, high hopes won't help if there's no logical, tangible way for me to safely execute said time heist. I believe the most likely outcome will be our collective demise. Not if we strictly follow the rules of time travel. That means no talking to our past selves, no betting on sporting events. I'm going to stop you right there, Scott. Are you seriously telling me that your plan to save the universe is based on Back to the Future? Mm -hmm. No. Good. You had me worried there, because that'd be horseshit. That's not how quantum physics works. Tony. We have to take a stand. We did stand. And yet here we are. I know you got a lot on the line. You got a wife, a daughter. But I lost someone very important to me. A lot of people did. And now, now, we have a chance to bring her back. To bring everyone back. And you're telling me that you won't even... That's right, Scott. I won't.
Mommy told me to come and save you. Good job. I'm saved. I wish you were coming here to ask me something else. Anything else. I'm honestly happy to see you guys. I just... Oh, look, the table's set for six. Tony. I get it. And I'm happy for you. I really am. But this is a second chance. I got my second chance right here, Cap. Can't roll the dice on it. If you don't talk shop, you can stay and What do you do when you've absolutely been broken? And that's where Tony is. He's, he's broken, and he's like, man, I, look at me now. I'm a family man. I can't risk it. Watch the arc in his, in his life, how he goes from only caring about himself to saying, you know what? I've got a daughter now. Pepper and I are married now. What I have to lose is too big. Sometimes we look at our personal arcs and we, we say, you know what? I want to be a better person. I, I want to know God better. I want to be holy. I want to be set apart. But the risk is just too much. Being a Christian isn't just a label. It's someone who's being changed into the character of Christ. When you become a follower of Jesus Christ, so many times we've, we've mislabeled it and said, make this decision, you're now saved. But there's actually a greater thing, and it's that process of being made holy, and it's that sanctification where we start at a point in time, and we continue our growth arc, and we continue to be made more and more like Jesus. Jesus said in his last prayer in John 17, 17, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is the truth. Tony Stark in Iron Man is the fantasy version of our lives. We, we've all been there. We've all started out in sin. We've all started out doing our own thing, and we want to be able to say, I did it my way, and I did what I wanted to do, and we're crying out, look at me, look at me, look at me. And throughout time, we've got to get away from that look at me to saying, you know what, I want to be made more like Jesus. I'm, not, I'm tired of trying to do it on my own. I'm tired of trying to live my own way, and I want to be holy. I want to be set apart. We are saved by faith alone, but we are sanctified through the infilling of the Holy Spirit that comes in and cleans out every aspect of our being. And sometimes it can be scary because, man, I, we we're saying, I don't want to go there. I don't want my life turned upside down. And Jesus says, don't worry, just walk with me. Our, identify, our, our identity should always be in God. I'm going to ask you right now. Is there sin in your life that's pulling you away from God? Is there sin in your life that, that's destroying your family? Is there sin in your life that's destroying you? Because we've got to get rid of it. No, no one can say, hey, I, I'm a great person and I'm, I'm doing the right things. I'm growing close to God. If we continue to every day say, you know what? I'm going to do what I want to do. And I'm going to do what's right for me. And I'm going to sin. 
Because sin destroys. It always has. Right now, I just want to open it up. Maybe you want to come to the altar. Maybe you want to raise your hand. Maybe you just want to pray and say, you know what? I've got to get rid of the sin. I don't want it controlling me anymore. We look at our lives and we say, man, I can identify with wanting to do my own thing, but I don't want to stay there. So what about you this morning? I invite you to come to the altar. Maybe you want to come and pray with someone. Maybe you just want to come and pray for someone. Maybe you want to stand in the gap for somebody. Maybe you want to pray that someone just starts to, to seek God and chase after him. We invite you this morning. Just come to the altar. We are a people, connected people, all in God's love. We are a church. Church by his own blood, connecting people together in perfect harmony, connecting people to God for his love sets free, connecting people to live life abundantly. You know, you always have a home with us, connect church.